welcome to Fathom. If this is your first time ever here, um, I always joke with people, please come back, because <laughs> I am not the normal speaker of the, um, <laughs> of the weekend. Um, no, but for real, my husband um, sends his regards. He is um, speaking at a church in Birmingham this morning, and so we've gone, I say we, after I got pregnant the first time, I kind of took a break on mission trips. Um, and he's gone on one every, every year since we've been married. And so this year our church is actually going to Peru. Um, and he decided, the Lord kind of made it known to him that this year his mission trip was going to be um, doing marriage conferences because the Lord's kind of opened up some doors in that area. We believe that Satan is fighting super hard with marriages these days. And so that's kind of a really big deal for us. We want to um, always have a healthy home that honors God. And so he's been given a couple of opportunities already this year, once in Colorado and then this weekend in Birmingham. And we were actually already in Birmingham attending a conference, so it just kind of worked out for this weekend. So that's where he is today. He's, we're actually preaching at the same time, which is kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I'm going to try not to mess it up. <laughs> um, so last week, we were in the series called Here As In Heaven, and last week, um, Kyle spoke on, I think he opened up with hashtag blessed, and I don't know if you've ever seen, or if you weren't here last week, we talked about the different things that people will put on their um, social media, hashtag blessed, and usually it's a really big fancy car or a house or, you know, like the 40 uh, ounce steak or something, hashtag blessed, and we learned that um, that's not really how it, how it goes, and so um, just as kind of a recap this week had me really chewing on that because a lot of times we do, um, our attitude, our emotions go up and down based on how blessed we feel or don't feel. And a lot of it, we learned last week that blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn because they're going to be comforted. And even though these things are hard and they're deep, I think it's beautiful that there's people in our church sitting in these seats that are mourning and to know that they're being comforted, that they're blessed, and that the poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have that hope of something to look forward to. So um, my, I'm going to pray really quick, and then we're going to dive into just the few scriptures that are right past that on the Sermon on, it continues the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to stand on this stage and um, be a mouthpiece for you. God, I don't feel at all qualified, but Lord, I just pray that even now you will replace my words with yours and that they will go forth on fertile soil. God, I've prayed for each and every person that walked through these doors today, God, and I just pray that what you have to share with us, God, today will just be um, the next step that we need to take, Lord, to draw closer to you, God, because we know that no matter what we face, God, when you're there, we are not alone. And God, we just ask that you be with us this morning. Um, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, if you have never heard me speak, um, you don't know that I cry a lot. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, so if you've been around Fathom more than one time, you know that my husband often uses stories that involve me in them. And so I'm I often wonder if people think, man, he embarrasses her a lot, and I'm just kind of used to it, so it doesn't really bother me, but today I'm just going to embarrass myself. Um, so when we first got married, the nicest way to put it is that I 
couldn't really cook, like, at all. I had maybe two to three meals that I did, and I didn't do them well, but that, that's, like, what we had. Two to three times a week, it would just rotate. And the first one was chicken tenderloins that I, like, pan-fried or whatever you call it on the stovetop. Did not cut the little tender hard piece out. So, like, you know, we chewed on that little tendon piece. <laughs> um, and we had microwavable rice. My favorite was some kind of brown rice, so we had those a lot. Um, it was super easy. You put it in the microwave, you rip off the top, the steam comes out, you pour it on a plate, and you eat it, right? And then some sort of steamed vegetable. So that was it. Um, I didn't really use a whole lot of seasoning. So here's where the embarrassing part of Kyle comes in. Every night we would sit down... Um, and he would ask me, is this, is this seasoned at all? And he meant it well, <laughs> but it really hurt my feelings. Back in those days, I was super easily offended, and so I would just <laughs> be like, no, and I would march to the kitchen, and I would get the salt, and I would bring it back to the table. And so um, the other one I did was I would take the chicken leftover from the night before, and I would chop it up small and put it in noodles and sauce. And if I got really fancy, we would like cover that with Parmesan cheese. <laughs> so again, I just, I didn't use a whole lot of seasoning. I didn't cook very well. We obviously didn't have people over very much because they might not be back. But one particular time, um, we were college and music pastors at the time, and we lived on the property of the church. And um, the youth pastor came over to our house for dinner. Him and his wife were friends of ours, and this is before we had kids, and I was going to cook for them, and I was really nervous about this, and I think we probably had already had those other two meals, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so I said, I'm going to make something different. So um, I had this thing in my brain, I don't even know what that was, but right before, the day before or something, I saw this recipe in a magazine from Rachel Ray, Um, so notice that I'm not even using instincts on seasoning. It was for cinnamon lasagna. (laughs) So we told Zach and Amelia, oh, you know, I'm trying this new recipe. You know, if it's not good, like, just, it's okay. You can say it, you know. And I was super nervous, but I was also super intrigued by cinnamon lasagna. Like, this is going to be amazing. (laughs) And so I cooked it, and the house is smelling like Christmas. And they come in, and we sit down, and we serve the plates. And Zach, our friend, he's just chewing quietly. And he says, oh, yeah, this is pretty good. And then he asks for seconds. Then I know, like, this is not happening. And Kyle just says, I'm sorry, I can't eat this. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I can't either. We, I, we have to order pizza. So we ordered pizza and went on with our night. But now cinnamon lasagna is like this big joke when we're having something fancy. I'm like, maybe I can make cinnamon lasagna. <laughs> So let's just say that I've come a long way. If we ever invite you over for dinner, I promise I won't serve you, you know, chicken tenderloins that still have the tendons in them. Um, yeah. So that's, um, that's me embarrassing myself <laughs> this morning. But it really got me thinking as I was reading in the Sermon on the Mount, the next chunk of scriptures talk about being the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so we're going to read um, four verses here in Matthew 5 um, to get going says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything 
except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. We're going to learn what that means in a second. And then it goes on, you are the light of the world. A town cannot, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. He says it again. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Oh, wait. Okay. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Um, I've always kind of just thought of this chunk of scripture as like a kid's sermon, like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know that one? So um, when I felt like this is what I was supposed to speak on, I was kind of like, okay, God, like, what else can I do with this? Like, be the salt, be the light. Like, what's, what's going on here? So I started looking into salt. Um, I'm just going to tell you a few different properties about the actual thing of salt, not us as salt, but it's a preservative. It slows the decay of meat and other foods and so that they will last longer. Um, the minerals in salt is found in all of blood, sweat, and tears. That's pretty cool. That means hard work. Um, in ancient days, the mineral that we call salt provided financial supports for artists. Um, in Roman times, it was so valuable that that's what we used, or we, that's what they used to pay the soldiers. When I paid my soldiers, I paid them in salt, sorry. Um, <laughs> Salt operates internally into the mass in which it comes in contact. And I think that is getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's super cool. That the salt that we give to others, it operates internally to the mass that it comes in contact with. Just let that simmer for a second. And then we're going to go back to the part where it says, um, um, sorry, Jason, I didn't tell you this, but you don't have to do it if you don't want to except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. It is no longer good for anything. Um, and so I want to tell you, I learned about this. At the time of Jesus, houses, they kind of had like this main room, and then a lot of homes built to the outside of it was like this outside stairs, and then a little, they called it the upper room. There was a lot of, and they used it for traveling people. Obviously, they walked everywhere or donkeyed everywhere. And so for guests that would be traveling, they would give them their upper room. Um, a lot of the prophets actually stayed in people's homes like that. But the floors were made of wood, and then on top of the wood, they would put this plaster stuff. Um, An ordinary plaster is what they would use for their walls, and that would not be, the plaster back then would not be strong enough for people to walk on, and so they would add salt to it. And the salt would make it stronger, um, but then after it's mixed into plaster, it's obviously useless and can only be used for trampled underfoot. So that's what that is all about. Um, I love how Jesus, a lot of times we think like, that's the most random example I've ever heard of in my life. But when you learn like what it's actually about, that would make sense to all the people he's talking to. So um, that's what he's saying. He's like, basically, if, you're not, if your salt isn't salty, it, we might as well throw it on the floor and just use it for the strength of the floor. And so I think that's just, so cool to learn the context and to learn where these things are coming from. So um, taking what we know now about salt, oh, is this so weird? Let me get my phone really quick. So I took a picture of, we were in a restaurant on the way home from our conference this weekend. Oh my gosh, I meant to do this already. Um, and we were sitting at the restaurant and I saw this salt shaker, so I had to take a picture of it because it says, 
Our sea salt comes from the waters and salt beds of the Mediterranean and adds a little bit more of Europe to every meal. And the Lord just really started dealing with me on that. Like every little bit of salt that I put into my life onto people as I'm talking to them, as I'm just walking around the grocery store or whatever, it's adding a little bit of Jesus to them. And so number one is when we are, oh, and what I'm going to specifically focus on kind of from here on out is being salt in our home. Um, Because I'm a stay-at-home mom, and that's kind of like my zone right now. But you can apply this to anything of where where you go, where you work. But when we are the salt of the earth in our homes, number one, we preserve one another. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel like the bleach of the earth when I'm inside my house. We are not always the kindest to those that we live with because those are our people. They They forgive us faster. That's kind of where we let our guard down. But when we're the salt of the, when Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth to our people especially, or our people first, because you don't really go out into the world until you leave your house. And so what I've super been convicted about this week is I can be salty all over the place with you, but if I'm not pouring Jesus' salt onto my kids or my husband or whoever enters to my house, then I just I feel like I'm worthless salt that I might as well just throw on the floor because I think this is the place where it starts. So we preserve one another. We protect them. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Um, just as, in fact, you are doing. So he was actually encouraging them, telling them to keep going. But sometimes I don't always feel like I'm going. You know what I mean? Um, Number two, when we are the salt of the world in our homes, I hate to break it to you, it requires hard work. Um, We talked earlier about how blood, sweat, and tears all have salt in them. And I don't know about you, but blood, sweat, and tears don't exactly make me, like, super excited about life. It's, It's hard. It's the nitty-gritty, it's getting our, our hands and feet dirty. It requires hard work, the salt. And so the people in our home, sometimes they're the hardest to pour salt on because they're also very real with us too, right? And so sometimes they kind of rub us wrong, but we, it requires hard work. So be ready to put in the hard work um, with the salt. And number three, be prepared to withstand opposition. Just like the salt would be added to the floors to be made stronger for foot traffic, we need to spend more time in the word and in prayer. You don't just like say yes to Jesus and then have this overabundant amount of salt like to use, like just salt for you, salt for you. Like we don't, that's not how it works. We have to spend our our days praying and staying in the word and trying to be more like Jesus because the salt doesn't just come. It comes through hard work and with opposition. Um, I have had a lot of opposition this weekend. Came home, my kids were away from us this whole week, and it was just like they were ready to fight. <laughs> like, and so all day yesterday, of course, is when it rained and we couldn't go outside and like get our energy out. They were just nonstop fighting. And sometimes I feel like we are up against opposition in our home before we even step out of the door. So it's like, Lord, I'll, I'll do the salt thing, but I can't even make it outside without feeling like I'm going to 
you know, lose myself. But we struggle, the Bible says we struggle not against flesh and blood. So when you're struggling up against your husband or your wife or your kids or whatever that opposition that you feel, most of the time it's something that's going on inside of them or inside of you that God needs to deal with. And it, it appears like flesh and blood. It, it appears like, you know, they're just having a rough day or maybe they ate cinnamon lasagna. But at, at, the, at the core of it, it's just that they need a little more Jesus. And we got to give that to them, which is the salt. Have you ever seen that Christian that maybe has a little bit too much salt? Um, so I did some research on too much salt in your body. The more salt you have, the higher the blo- your blood pressure. The higher the blood pressure, the greater the strain on your heart, arteries, kidneys, and brain. This can lead to heart attacks, strokes, dementia, and kidney disease. I think a lot of times we can stress people out when we just dump salt on their head and walk away. Like, it's just too much. It's just a little too much. But then there's also the other side of the coin where we, we don't have enough. Like my cooking, when we first... Like, there was nothing to drown out the bad taste. It was just yuck. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that then. I was, like, so proud of myself for cooking. Um, but we, we do that. Symptoms of not enough salt is headache, nausea, vomiting, tiredness, muscle spasms, excess fluid in the body, diluting the normal amount of sodium so the concentration seems low. A lot of us are going around with too much salt, but many of us have an empty salt jar that we're just carrying around, and we're coming across like not the way that Jesus wants us to be. We are tasteless. We're lifeless. We have nothing to offer because Maybe we're afraid of offending them, or maybe we think, or maybe you were poured on way too much salt in your early days of Jesus, and you're just like, ooh, I don't want to be that. But what I'm learning for myself is that God has called me to be Taryn Nelson. And when I try to come over here and be Kyle Nelson, who I think is like a way better speaker than I am, and that's okay, I'm okay with that, but when I try to beat him, then I'm either... I'm just faking it, and I'm not using the salt that God's given to me. And so we went to this conference this week, and I've, we've gone now for five years, and the first three years we went by ourselves. I think the Lord protected us to not take anyone with us because the whole, it's a leadership conference, so they pour into leaders, and um, the whole time, I, which is not surprising, but the whole time for the first three years I just cried, like, Oh, Lord, thank you so much. Like, and so I think the Lord protected us from not taking a team with us because they would have been like, oh, this chick is, she needs some help. <laughs> um, but it was super cool. We got to bring a team this year. But every year that we've gone, I've, I've gone to the women's, past, the pastor wives panel or whatever, the breakout group. And I've looked at this lady. She's from Dallas, Texas. And she's like perfect Every word comes out perfect. Every outfit is perfect. Everything is perfect. She probably has, like, amazingly perfect kids that do no harm to anyone ever. They're probably, like, you know, halos everywhere. And so I was constantly being like, I want her salt. (laughs) 
And instead of allowing the Lord to pour into me, I'm standing here with an empty salt jar just being jealous of Susie Q from Texas. And then the next girl on the panel is like insanely smart. And like each each pastor's wife, and I never noticed this before, but each one had something different to offer. Like one was gorgeous, one was beautiful. Oh, that's the same thing. One was really, <laughs> one was really smart, one was like super good at singing or what, whatever, it doesn't matter. But when we start looking at other people, our salt jar is not only empty, but we're not being who God's called us to be. So you can have too much and you can have not enough. Um, but I think God wants different. For um, He's given us a portion for ourselves that we are to use, and He gives us the wisdom to use it. So, okay, let's move on because we still have to deal with light. Um, oh, sorry. So I got these little mason jars with light in them. Not that you didn't know what light is, but here's my. My mom said you should get go to a restaurant and give everyone a salt packet. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> but th- that's, so I don't have an object lesson for salt. But I do have this cute little light. Um, my mom's a pastor's wife too. I can't be her. Um, <laughs> so let's read again verse 14 through 16. Um, and I want to read it. You don't have this on the screen, so don't freak out. But I want to read it out of the message Really quick, we already read it in the NIV, which is what we normally read out of um, from the stage, but I want to read 14 through 16 out of the message really quick. He says, here's another way to put it. You are here to bring light, bringing out all the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I just thought that was so cool. Like, let me just put it to you this way. You are here to be the light. Um, So um, in that scripture, it talks about shining. The actual definition of shine, it's a verb. And it means to give off or reflect light. In John's gospel, God is referred to as the true light, which gives light to everyone. Um, And so the Sermon on the Mount was an actual sermon that Jesus preached. And it's thought that he kind of preached it down in a valley of sorts. There's a mountain over here and a mountain or a hill over here. And so when he says, you are a city, like a city on a hill, shine your light, He was probably just saying, like that, you see that city right there on the mountain, right here by where we are? Right now we have like this thing of window blinds, so I can't, it's not as cool as Jesus, but that's what it means. Like like a city on a hill, like that city that we see right there, be like that and shine. Um, And so um, I want to, before we move on, I'm going to talk about shining from Philippians 2, 14 through 16. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Beckett and Camden, so that you may become blameless and pure. Those are my children's names, by the way, two of them. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. This is what we're surrounded with, grumbling, arguing. Um, we're, We're in a warped and crooked generation. That's what we live in. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. 
And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I, not, I did not run or labor in vain. The sunlight operates externally, shining on all that it reaches. So we talked about how the salt operates internally on everything that it comes in contact to. The sun operates externally, out. And so when we shine, number one, we always point to the light source. We don't shine so that others can see us. We're reflecting a larger light. We must be careful to make sure we're always pointing back to Jesus. So I think a lot of times people are like, yeah, I'm shining my light, but they're really just talking about themselves or they're boasting about what they've done or they're, you know, and that's okay. Like the Lord has given us opportunities to shine, but it's not for us. It's for him. So we always point back to the light source. I think even the definition of shining is to give off or reflect light. That means there's another light inside of us that's being reflected. If we don't have Jesus as the light, um, then we can't reflect it. There's nothing to do. And then Jesus says, number two, when we shine, don't cover it up. He says, would I, would I take this light? Am I going to burn myself if I do this? Yeah, maybe. But if we cover it up, maybe we won't have a fire. If you cover up a light, it goes out. Let me just say that. <laughs> no fires today. I can't call Kyle after church. Yeah, I went really good until I burned the church down. <laughs> like, uh, okay, I'm not, so just pretend this. Oh, my gosh. Remember me talking about all those smart women up there? I could have just blown it out. All right, sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. Um, but I think we do that all the time. We're like, oh, so and so's coming. I gotta turn. I gotta blow my light out. They can't see this. You know, are in school, Brian. I think there's probably lots of opportunities for the cool kids. Maybe you are a cool kid. I don't know. I've never been to your school, <laughs> but like. Everybody wants to be like the cool kids. And so if shining Jesus' light isn't cool, we blow it out real quick. And um, that brings me to number three, and here we go. I've been preparing this message all week, and last night it was like 9.45, and I knew that the Lord had something else to talk about with light, but I, I just... I didn't have it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bed. So, um, Patrick, I'm landing this thing. If you're wanting to come up, I don't know if that's the thing. But, um, <laughs> so, let me, let me just be real. This week, I, like I told you at the beginning, like I started out like, are you serious, God? Salt and light? Like, I feel like that's what I do when I sit down and talk to my kids. Like, this little light of my, don't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. You know, and I felt like, no, there's more to that. There, and so I tried to go deeper on my own. And, you know, I came up with all these definitions and it's fine. But I just, in my spirit, I could tell there's like something else that needs to be spoken today. But I, I didn't have it. So this morning, literally, when I got up, I was praying, um, like my normal prayer, but also like, Lord, I think there's something else you want to say, and I don't have it, and I'm going to have to stand up there, so please give me something now. <laughs> so half of that was desperation, but I was praying this morning, and um, the Lord simply whispered to me, leave your light on. And I was like, yeah, I know, that's, that's number two, don't cover it up. He's like, no, leave your light on. 
And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to get a shower. I felt like I got nothing out of that. And the Lord, just all morning, he kept whispering that to me. Leave your light on. And after a while, I got it. I kind of stopped in my tracks. And I thought of the people listening to the Sermon on the Mount, looking up at the city on a hill. And back in those days, the light that they used was either a candle or an oil-burning lamp. And it said, the, word, the Bible says that they would light it and put it on a stand so that everyone in the house could see. And so that's if they're doing their reading or the kids are doing their homework or if you just want to see your spouse's face. Like, it was pretty dark without it. And so this morning as I was thinking, leave your light on, like, okay. But I just pictured Jesus pointing up to this city on a hill. And it's almost like a lighthouse. Like, we as Christians... God gives us salt to use, and he gives us a light. And sometimes I feel like we get home, we're tired, it's been a super long week, we're not feeling very lightish, and we just turn it off. And not only can we not see the faces of the people that live with us, but the people that are looking out, the city on a hill, all the homes in that city, they're gone out. And I just thought, Lord, it's our safe place, our comfort zone from battle. Like sometimes we just need a break, you know? And he just said, leave your light on. And I was like, you know what? We have to stop being cities on a hill that are dark. Because at some point, the light is external. It has to come out. A lot of times you can't see when something internal is going on. But when you shine light on darkness, you can see it. And our world is dark. It's really dark. And I feel like it's getting darker. And if we match that with darkness, we are offering nothing. Even if you have your salt jar full and you're shaking salt, You don't even see who you're shaking it at. There's no light. You have to keep your light on. One last thing. I was reading in a commentary, and um, and this is going to take us perfect right into communion, the table. It said, you all the other commentaries were like 27 pages long, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This one was just one line. It said, you shine and give light by being made partakers of the true light. And I thought, man, that's so awesome. Because in and of ourselves, we can't shine. We can't, have, we can't be salty, which I also, Urban Dictionary says salty is a totally different thing. So um, I'm talking about Jesus salty. Um, but we shine and give light by being made partakers of the true light. That's so cool. The more that we come to his table and we say, Lord, I messed up. Like, I, I can't do this by myself. I've been in the dark all week. We shine and we give light by being made partakers of the true light. And we do that every week. We come to the table. We take the body that was broken for us. And we dip it in the 100% grape juice. 
and we partake the true light. If we are continually on our knees glorifying God the Father and we're partaking of his sacrifice, we can't help but shine. We can't, it's just like a natural thing. I think sometimes we think like, oh, I have this big responsibility. I have to shine. Like, I, oh my gosh, my light just went out. Or, oh, okay, here's my other light. Like, we have to shine. We have to, um, I did it. We were going to put lights all the way down the front and he was like, no, don't do that. You might step down. <laughs> you have to shine. Because you, if I brought you a light that was not lit, okay, that's wrong, right? But we don't shine on our own. We shine by being made partakers of the true light. So this morning, I want to invite you to the table. What do you need? Do you need more salt? Have you been a little too salty? Are you blowing your light out and just kind of like hiding it? Because some days at home, I feel like I'm doing that, just to be honest. My kids are up to here fighting, and I'm just not very Jesus light (laughs) all the time. But I really can't be the light if I blow it out. If we can't leave the light on in our homes, we're going to have a really hard time shining out on the hill. Light can't help but shine through the darkness. It might hurt your eyes for a minute because you've been in the darkness for so long. But I want to take, like the Lord, like Jesus said, I don't put a basket over it. It'll go out. Just throw that basket away and let your light shine. Take the salt that the Lord's given to you and, and be, be the God flavor of the world. We are the bearers of Jesus. And if we're, if we're giving people an empty salt shaker and no light, we're really missing it. 